For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, that's what the Bible says, worketh a far more greater eternal weight of glory. One of the definitions for glory is kebab, which means weighty, heavy, with everything good. That's our God. He is good, and He is the Father of glory. And so no matter what you may be facing this week, no matter what may be going on in your household, it's a light affliction. And the God of glory, that eternal weight of glory, will rest upon you and enable you to make it through. So Father, we thank you for that weight of glory being manifested in the homes, in the automobiles, in the people of Heart of the Bay, all of our members, all of our partners. We say glory. We say glory. We say glory on our house. Glory in our house. Thank you, Lord, that you are the Lord of glory and that Christ, the anointed one and his anointing, glory to God, he is the hope of glory. We thank you for it tonight. And we magnify you in Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. Well, I'm sure that all of you are blessed by the presence of the Lord. And I'm thankful. Praise God. Even though we're not here in person, it's not going to be very, very much longer. But uh, even though we're not here in person, we're all connected. We're all gathered together in the spirit. Praise God. And as you give yourself to this time of praise and worship, as you focus and as you concentrate on what is being sung, and as you lift up your hands in your home, you can expect that same presence that is in this house to be in your house. Praise the Lord. And so, thank God for His goodness. And tonight, I believe God's got a good word for us. Amen. So thank you, Pastor Tom and company. i tell you what we're going to do tonight. We're going to go ahead and get right into the Word of God. And uh, I got to thinking this afternoon about the power of making the right choice. Life is full of choices to be made. You know, you can make the choice, praise God, to get up in the morning or stay in bed. You can make the choice to rejoice or you can make the choice to be sad and, and just uh, not very happy at all. But it's a choice every day that you and I can make. And I looked up the word choose and uh, let me just uh, give it to you right now. The word choose means to pick out or to select someone or something as being the best or the most appropriate of two or more alternatives. Now, in Deuteronomy, the 30th chapter and the 19th verse, it says here, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death. I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. 
And there he says, in the rest of the verse, Therefore, choose life, that both thou and thy seed may live. (laughs) The alternatives to life are not good. The reciprocal for life is death. But God has given us the privilege. He's given us the right as free moral agents to make choices. The best choice that you and I could ever make is to choose life. So many people think that, you know, God is the one that makes all our choices for us. There's nothing that you can do about it. You know, que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. But I want you to notice again, in verse 19, he says, you choose. You make the choice between life and death. You make the choice of what happens next. Not God, not the devil, no one else but you. The power of choice has been given to us by the Lord. John chapter 1, talking about life here for a moment. And John 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him, and without Him was not anything that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. So this is talking about in Christ Jesus was the life of God, and that life was the light or it was the development of man. And then we drop down to verse 14 of John 1. It says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. Now we see very clearly, when we choose life, we choose God, When we choose Jesus, we choose His Word because God and Jesus and His Word are one. Make the decision in your life that you're going to choose the life of God that is found in God's Word. Jesus said in John 66, 63, He says, It is the Spirit that quickens. The flesh will profit you nothing. But the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So the very words that we're hearing tonight, the very words that we're reading from the Bible, these words are filled with life. And these words will quicken us. These words found in the Word of God will minister to us in a way that no one will ever be able to do. In Proverbs 4, in verse 20 through 22, he said, My son, incline thine ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from before thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they, my words, are life. Again, his words are life. His words are life to those that 
find them. So we have to be disciplined to find the word. And then it goes on to say that God's word is health or it is medicine to all of our flesh. So when you and I choose life, we, a part of choosing life is choosing to speak words of life. You know, in Proverbs 18 and verse 21, he said that death and life are in the power of the tongue. I think sometimes, and I'm going to grab this water here. I don't think anybody's drank out of it. I forgot to bring my bottle up. But, uh, well, let me take a drink. Praise the Lord. Thank you. So, when oftentimes when people think about choosing life, well, I got saved. I, I got born again. I made Jesus the Lord and Savior in my life. I, I chose life. I have eternal life. But friends, that's just the beginning. Every day, we have a choice to make, to go on in this life-giving word, this life-giving walk that God has placed us in and placed us on. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So another thought here that I'd like to share with you tonight is this. When we choose life, we choose to be spiritually minded. Say this with me. I choose life and I choose to be spiritually minded. Now, we need to understand what that means. To be spiritually minded means to have a word-based mindset. Uh, Romans 12 talks about the renewing of the mind. That is, getting our mind, which incidentally wasn't saved at the new birth, your spirit was saved, but God gave us the responsibility to do something with our mind. It's called mind renewal. And when our minds are renewed to the word of God, then we have a spiritual mindset. This spiritual mindset can only come through the word of God. So many of us, uh, before we got saved, our minds were all messed up. We didn't think right. And as a result of not thinking right, we didn't act right. And as a result of not acting right, our lives were all messed up. But then, thank God, we got born of God. And when Jesus came into our life, he gave us the word of life, which when it is put into our heart and meditated upon and thought upon and acted upon, this will cause our minds to become renewed. That's why it's important to say every day, I have the mind of Christ. I have the mind of the anointed one and his anointing. Somebody says, what do you mean you have the mind of Christ? I'm thinking like Christ because I'm taking his word and I'm applying it to my entire being. And you can do the same thing. So when we choose life, we choose to be spiritually minded. There's two mindsets. There's the worldly mindset and then there's the word of God mindset. Now, Romans 8, verse 6 talks about this. Romans 8th chapter in the 6th verse says, 
For to be carnally minded... Now, the word carnal there means to be fleshly minded. Or we could say it this way, to have the mindset of the world's system. To be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So when we choose Jesus, when we choose his word, we can have a mindset that will bring us to a place of great peace and great joy. Amen. And so to be worldly minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life. In other words, get your mind hooked up with your heart. Let his word dwell in you richly. Get his word in your heart and connect your mind to the word and you will see a big difference in your life. You know, I think a great example of this is found in Luke chapter 10. And I want to read verse 38 through 42 with you tonight. It says, Now when they were on their way, it occurred that Jesus entered a certain village, and a woman named Martha received and welcomed him into her house. Now I am told that Martha most likely was a top-notch cook. And in verse 39, And she had a sister named Mary, who seated herself at the Lord's feet and was listening to his teaching. Now notice this. Martha was bustling around in the kitchen. You could probably hear pans and you could hear all sorts of things going on. But Mary set herself at the feet of Jesus. Now obviously, this was a pattern for Martha. She was distracted, the Bible said, about many things. Now notice with me in verse 40, it says, But Martha, overly occupied, overly occupied and too busy. Has anyone out there ever been overly occupied? Has anyone out there ever been too busy? How about this? Has anyone out there been distracted. Well, this is what was going on with Martha. The Bible says she was overly occupied and too busy and was distracted with much serving. The word cumbered there means overly occupied. She's got a house full of company. Jesus is there. And you know, Martha wants to do this right. And uh, there's just a, a whole lot going on in the kitchen. She wanted everything just to go perfectly. And she got annoyed and she got frustrated with Mary. And she came up to him, the Bible said, and said, Lord, is it nothing to you that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me to lend a hand and do her part along with me. Think about this. She literally interrupts the master. Now notice in verse 41, here's what the Lord said to Martha. He replied to her by saying, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. Many, many things. How many of you know that the main reason folks get upset and full of care is because they're troubled about many things? And that 
those troubling thoughts come to our soul. It comes to our minds. It comes to distract us and literally to choke the word of God that has been sown into our hearts. You know, Jesus addressed this in Mark chapter 4, where he said that the cares of this life would enter in and choke the word and cause the word to become unfruitful. She's not just got something on the stove. She's got something on her mind. We could say that she was carnally minded that day, that she was flesh minded that day. She's agitated about many things. She's not at peace. Now notice in verse 42, here's what Jesus said. And I think this is a good word for us. And it's a good reminder for us because there is so much out there that we could watch. There are so many opinions out there that we could yield to. There is so much media taking place right now. Everyone and their uncle and all of their relatives have got opinions about this, opinions about that. And you know, if we don't watch it, we can become a prisoner to this world's media system. And so it's vital that you and I develop the powers of concentration and not allow ourselves to be so distracted and so disturbed that we lose our focus on the main thing and the most important thing in our lives. Think about it a minute. I mean, people are constantly texting. You can go to a restaurant. At least you used to be able to go to a restaurant. But back in the day... When people were going to restaurants, I mean, it's just unbelievable. Maybe 10 or 12 people sitting at a table. And instead of talking and looking at each other and enjoying one another's presence, they're all texting or they're all playing a game. I mean, folks, that's not the way to do life. Certainly some of those things are good in their place. But you know, if we allow ourselves to be distracted by the dings and by the emails and by the tweets and by all those things that are out there and available, folks, it will literally drain us of our spiritual strength. And if there's one thing that we need in this day and this hour, we need to be filled with the Word. We need to be filled with the Holy Ghost and filled with the power of God. We need to be strengthened with might by the Spirit of God in the inner man so that we can wake up tomorrow morning and face it with a more than a conquer attitude. Face our future with confidence. Face our future with faith. But there's so many things that can deplete our faith. There's so many things that can rob us of this true life. This life that's in the Word. This joy that comes from having a personal walk with Jesus. In verse 42... Jesus said this, There is need of only one, one thing. And Mary hath chosen the good portion, that which is to her advantage, which shall not be taken from her. Another translation says, Martha, you worry and fuss about a lot of things, but there's only one thing you need, And Mary has made the right choice. And that one thing will not be taken from her. 
Jesus corrected her. Maybe Jesus needs to correct us. Maybe some of us have gotten a little off course with some of those distractions of this age. Listen to this statement. When Jesus is your Lord, and when his word is your final authority, and his spirit is your ultimate guide, (laughs) and you find out what he tells you, there should be absolutely nothing else on the menu. We should be committed to the one thing that the master is saying to us. What do you say, folks, that we sit at his feet, that we take time every day to remove the distractions and invite Jesus into our lives afresh and anew every day? I'm telling you, he's got a daily word for you. He's got daily bread for us. I like that prayer which says, give us this day our daily bread when we know what the most important things are what that does it will eliminate those things that deplete us those things that drain us there's so much chatter out there chatter here chatter there chatter here chatter there what about this what about that what about god what about his word what's going to happen here what's going to happen there last time i checked Jesus is still Lord. God is still on the throne. Praise God. We're part of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And if we'll give ourselves to the advancement of the kingdom of God, I'm telling you what, we're going to see an explosion of God's goodness and an explosive revival in our land. Amen. And so our ability, and I'm including me in this, because I have a lot of work to do. I've got a lot of things going on. I've got a lot of things on my plate. This week has been an extremely busy week. But our ability to stay focused is vital to succeed in life. It's vital. The world is calling for our attention. It's fighting for our focus. I can't say it any better Then Hebrews chapter 12 says, looking away from everything that would distract unto Jesus. I love how the message translation states it in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 2. It says this, So if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it, praise God. Pursue the things over which Christ presides, Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you, but look up and be alert of what's going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from His perspective. Glory to God. And so this is an on-purpose decision. This is a choice that must be made daily. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Life and death. Choose life. I love what Jesus said in the book of John in chapter 
10 and verse 10. Before we look at that, let me just quote you what we've already said. In John 1, 4, in him was life and the life was the light of man. In John 5, 26, it says, for as the father had life in himself, so has he given the son to have life in himself. Now notice in John 10, 10, this speaks to you and this speaks to me. John, the 10th chapter and the 10th verse says this, the thief. How many of you know who the thief is? We know that the thief is the devil. Jesus is not the thief. God is not the thief. He said, the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill and destroy. But I am come. Why'd you come, Jesus? I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. There's a vast difference between Jesus and the thief. Now notice this. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Thank God that he came to save us from hell and to save us from our sins. But oh, thank God, this life entails so much more. When Jesus came, he didn't just come to introduce a philosophy or a morality. I think it's important for us to look at the Greek word for life. I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. That Greek word, as many of you know it already, is spelled this way, Z-O-E, and it's pronounced Zoe. One person said, Zoe means life as God has it. Another person said this, this life that he has given us is not just in quantity, but it's also in the quality of life. Glory to God. He came to give us quantity, I mean, eternal life forever, but he also came that you and I could have a quality life, a good life, a life that we can enjoy. This life, when it came into us at the new birth, can change us from the inside out. I like to say it this way. The life of God is what puts a sparkle in your eye. It puts joy in your voice. It increases your intelligence. I know that for sure because it happened to me. I've seen people that were so depressed and so downtrodden and so without hope and without a covenant that when they came to the altar, when they came to Jesus, folks, it's like the light of God lit their face up. Their eyes begin to sparkle. That dejection and that depression looked like it was gone and God's presence came all over them. You see, this life is abundant. And I love to define what abundant there means. It means exceeding. It means over and above. And it means superabundance. Think about it. Jesus came to give you and I a superabundant life. Now, that means... He came to give us a life that's more than more than enough. That's what abundant means. More than more than enough. Not just enough. Not just making it. But we're making it plus. Amen. The abundant kind of life. 
The God kind of life, the God quality of life enables us not just to make it, but to make it plus. Amen? Is anybody interested in not just making it, but making it plus? Amen? That's the will of God for us. Somebody says, well, I haven't realized that yet. That's okay. You may not have realized it yet, but it belongs to you. And if you'll just stay in this book long enough, and you'll just keep being faithful to God, the Bible says that a faithful man shall abound. There's that word. The faithful man shall abound with the blessings of God. Amen. Someone say, I'm making it. I'm making it plus. Glory to God. I like that. Now, in the Amplified, it says this. The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. But I am come that they might have, and everyone say, enjoy life. Have and enjoy life. Let's read the rest together. And have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. That's excessive. That's abundant. Enjoy. Enjoy life. Now, we need to make sure that we're walking in holiness with God. But walking in holiness does not mean we can't enjoy life. See, some people have had the wrong idea about holiness. They have equated holiness with something that you don't wear or some sort of hairstyle or something like that, something kind of out there. And, you know, you're never to have any fun. You know, you just just kind of have a scowl on your face. I think that right now, I'll be honest with you, I think there's too many Christians out there with a scowl on their face. They're so bummed out, so, so dejected. Come on, folks, let's lighten up. Let's go to Him. Let's go to the rock, as I said on Sunday, that's higher than I. And let us begin to enjoy the God kind of life that He's given us. Praise God. You know, some folks have this idea, well, you know, if you're enjoying something too much, you better stop, because it's probably sin. You know, if you're enjoying that ice cream too much, it's, it's probably a sin. No, it just might really be some good ice cream. Yeah, it might just be something that uh, is good for you every now and then. You know, the Bible says in 1 Timothy six seventeen, he says, I would give my people richly all things to enjoy. Now, he doesn't want us to be high-minded. He doesn't want to put our trust in uncertain riches. No, not those things. But the Bible declares that there's not any good thing that he will withhold from those who walk uprightly. And these good things can come to you so that you can enjoy them and have a life that's filled, praise God, with the goodness of God. Amen. Now, certainly, he does not want things to take preeminence in our lives. If all we're doing is chasing things, we're missing God. If all we're doing is trying to impress people with our clothing, with our automobiles, we're missing God. That's not what life is all about. But I do find in the Word of God that those who are seekers of the kingdom, those who will put His things first, those who will seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness, praise God, what will happen? All these things shall be subtracted from thee. No, 
That's not what the Bible says. It says all these things are going to be added unto you. So enjoy life. Don't take the cares of this world. Come unto him, all you that labor and are heavy laden. And let him give you rest. I want to look at Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30 in the message. And I know it's not up there yet, but they'll get it here in a moment. In Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, great verse of scripture. Praise God. Glory to God. I'm happy to be in church tonight. Okay. Uh, Okay, there we are. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. In other words, I'll show you how to enjoy life. Verse 29. Walk with me, work with me. Watch how I do it. I love this. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Powerful. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Verse 30. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. That means you will be able to enjoy life. Strong's definition of abundant life means superabundant in quantity, superior in quality, and by implication, excessive. That's the Zoe kind of life. That's the kind of life he came to give. Glory to God. You know, he's able to do the exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to God's power working in us. There's limitless, exceeding, surpassing life in this Greek word, Zoe. Everyone shout Zoe. So Zoe then is the God kind of life. And you know what will happen? Zoe will produce certain changes in our lives. When we choose life, that's our text tonight. When we choose life, God's nature invades our spirit. It'll change the way you conduct your life. It'll change habits and speech will be corrected. Things will be changed. Somebody said, well, Pastor Mark, you know, if I, if I get saved, do, do I have to stop dancing? No, you don't have to stop dancing. But, you know, you might want to change partners. I don't know. You want to, might want to dance before the Lord. But the thing about it is, is well, if I, if I get saved, do I have to stop smoking? Do I have to do this? Do I have to do this? You don't have to do any of that to get saved. Once you get saved, though, a lot of those things just are not desirable any longer. Not desirable to smoke anymore. Not desirable to do things that would not contribute to our health or to our spiritual vitality. I mean, those things just have a way of just kind of, hey, you know what? I'm done with that. Why? Because I've got someone on the inside and he's working on the outside. And oh, what a change has taken place in my life. Now, I realize and I understand that there are different stages of spiritual growth. There's the babyhood stage and there's the childhood stage. And for some people, it's a process. And for most of us, it is a process. I can remember when I was first born again, I had things in my life that were still part of the old man. But you know what? Through the process of time, 
and through the renewing of the mind and me seeing in God's word what his perfect will for Mark Thomas was, those things became the past. It became something that was no longer had a hold on me. So be encouraged tonight. You know, if you're struggling, if you're battling with some things, I want you to know this. God loves you. His hand is upon you. He's not mad at you like Keith Hershey says. He's mad about you. Somebody said, yeah, but Pastor Mark, I, I, I sinned, I failed last week. You know what? It's a new week. It's a new day. The Bible says if you'll confess your sins to the Lord, what will he do? He'll forgive you of your sins. And then you can even take it a step further and you can actually repent. And repentance is a gift from God. And repentance simply means to completely turn away from those things in your future and you have the help of the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of you to enable you to do that. Can you say amen? So when we're born again, there's a certain light that emanates from our being. It's the Zoe kind of life. And in closing this evening, let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 6 through 11. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6 through 11. I just wanted to encourage you tonight to choose life. Keep choosing it every day of your life. In 2 Corinthians 4, verses 6 through 11, it says, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, He shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Verse 8, We're troubled on every side, but we're not distressed. We are perplexed, but we're not in despair. We are persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We are cast down, but we're not destroyed. One translation says, you may get knocked down, but you don't get knocked out. Now, what is this saying to us? This life of God in us will allow us to overcome what's trying to cast us down. It will enable us to live through the persecution through the distress and through the trouble because we've got the greater one on the inside. And so this week or this month, if you're facing a test, maybe you're getting in a little persecution, maybe something is trying to knock you out or knock you down, just know this, that the Spirit of God lives on the inside of you. And I know what 1 John 4, 4 says, and I just want to say it real strong. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The third person of the Godhead lives in us. And you know what he will do? He'll quicken us. If we need healing, he'll quicken our mortal bodies. If we need the way out of a test, of a fiery trial that we're going through right now, the Bible says he always provides a way of escape. Amen? If we need to make a quality decision and we're kind of confused and we don't know which way to go, just stop and look to him and listen and get clear on the inside of you. He will direct your paths. Praise God. This life on the inside of you 
is a law. It is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And it literally has made us free from the law of sin and death. Friend, he's against what's come against you. He's on your side and he's for you. And the hand of the Lord is upon you, is upon your family, is upon our nation. The hand of the Lord is upon us for good. So what of trouble here and there? We can rise up and we can trouble the troublemaker with the life of God on the inside of us. So what if we're perplexed? We don't know what to do. We've got help from on high. And then verse 10 and verse 11, it says, Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. Now look at this. That the life of Jesus might be manifest in our body. For we which, are li which, which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake. Let's read the rest of that together. That the life also of Jesus might be manifest in our mortal flesh. Say this with me. Let your life be manifest in my spirit, in my mind, in my body, and in my family. I choose life. Just about every day of my life, I'll read Deuteronomy 30 and verse 19 is a part of my devotions. And I will say this day, I choose to think, to talk, to act on the life of God that is in me. And then I'll say this, his life is flowing in me. His life is working in me. And then I'll declare Zoe quickens me, strengthens me, heals me, and keeps me whole. Would you join in tonight and make a similar confession with me? Say this together. I choose life. I choose to think, to talk, and to act on the life of God in me. Your life is flowing in me. Your life is working in me. Zoe is quickening me, strengthening me, healing me. And the life of God is keeping me whole. Your life is quickening me. I have the mind of Christ. Woo, glory to God. So in order then for Zoe to dominate our lives, all of us must, number one, give the word dominion over us. Allow the word to dominate us, no matter how we feel. If the word can't dominate us, Zoe will not be able to dominate us either. Number two, walk in love. Did you know this? The love is the evidence of the life of God on the inside of you. Selfishness is the evidence that we're disconnected from Zoe. But when we walk in love, we're walking in Zoe. And then lastly, just simply be obedient to God. Obedience will always activate 
the Zoe kind of life on the inside of you. Praise God. Father, I thank you so much for this congregation, this band of believers, this group of sold-out saints, praise God, that desire nothing but your will and nothing but your plan. I pray, Lord, that your life just flow into them strong in the name of Jesus, and we give you praise for it now. Amen and amen. Praise God. Well, it's certainly been a joy uh, to bring the word to you tonight. Somebody says, well, how can, how can you do this? How can you preach to empty chairs? Only by the grace of God. Only by the grace of God. Pastor Tom and I don't come here. Our team doesn't come here in doing this live stream with, you know, oh boy, you know, I don't know whether we can make it or not. No, we come here ready, ready to minister. We trust it's been a blessing to you tonight.